crashed, burned, and reduced to dust. Then I rise from the ashes. Hi, I'm Carol, author, speaker, confidence image, and life coach. Battered with the lack of confidence, low self-esteem, and self-worth growing up, I now guide and journey with women to heal and to achieve a confident self-image, fulfilling career and business. In this show, you will be empowered in your mind, heart, and spirit to transform. Let's rise to life. Hello, hi, good evening, and you are watching Rise with Carol Gawker. I'm Carol Gawker. I'm an author, confidence coach, visual marketer, and change maker. Rise with Carol Gawker is an uh, talk show a platform where i showcase female entrepreneurs and inspiring females as well so that they are able to share with us their struggles their battles and how they actually rise through the ashes to become who they are today so if you're interested to be on be featured on this show please do get in touch with me and uh, and also i'm very very thankful you know today is our 16th episode and I have been able to get connected to all these amazing female entrepreneurs and inspiring females all around the region. And today, I have a very, very special guest, and she's someone very, very special to me. She is my co-author on the book, Breakthrough. And today, uh, she's going to be sharing with us you know, her journey. Well, she is a global citizen. She was born in Montreal, Canada. And she had a nomadic uh, upbringing. And as a daughter of an entrepreneur, she lived in different cities such as Hong Kong, Bangkok, Singapore, and Montreal, of course. And she has been teaching business for the past 10 years. Now she's taking her business lessons online with her movement. She means business. She believes that business can be fun, rewarding, and absolutely empowering. Hence, her passion is to equip women with business know-how and business skills so that they can win in any commercial success desire. Her lessons are delivered via podcasts, YouTube videos, and Instagram posts. She's also currently working on her second book. And this feisty entrepreneur is also extremely involved in community service, belonging to both the Rotary and Girl Guides. And she is a past president of a Rotary Club and a Brownie Girl Guide leader. So are you intrigued who this special lady is? And if you are, please join your hands together and welcome Miss Stacy Ho. Hello, Stacy. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me here. And hello, everybody, too, who's, who's watching. Did it freeze? Hello. Hi. <laughs> Oh, th there's just a tiny glitch. Hi, Carol. Yeah, there was a little bit. Hi. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Stacy, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Would you, you know, sh share with the audience, you know, a little bit about yourself? What's your story? Sure. Thank you, Carol, for inviting me for to be on Rise with Carol. It's awesome. Uh, my story is that. I grew up in a very wonderful, loving, supportive family. My dad is a businessman. My mom is also a businesswoman. And I think my story is that my dad was always the main provider. And in my life, I just had everything planned from the beginning. Like I just knew when I was going to finish university, when I'm going to do my master's degree, when I'm going to marry somebody, when I'm going to have kids. And I had all of this 
idea of how my life would be like. And I think everyone would agree with me that when you plan your life, nobody plans that your parent or like your father would pass away. So I never imagined my father would pass away. And if you ask like the 24 year old Stacy, I would just imagine that my life right now at 36, I would be like, you know, a mom and I would just go to work with dad and help him out and then just come back. So I always would play this supportive role in my family. And although I've been working since I was 14, my dad has trained me in business since I was 14 years old. I always thought I was going to be his sidekick forever until he unfortunately goes to heaven in the proper time. And then I would take over the family business. So this is my story that I thought was meant for me ever mm -hmm. since ever. But what happened was eight years ago, was it eight years I can't, sorry, nine years ago, when unfortunately my father passed away, it's like I had to start from scratch and on my own. Mm. So it was a very interesting and trying time because there's the mourning part, like like really grieving the loss of my father. But at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't allowed the time to do so because I had to fend for my family provide for my family and also for myself and not only that to add on like because one of the struggles we face is that we were based in bangkok but at that time in 2010 there was a lot of political unrest and at the same time my father's cancer treatment was in hong kong so we uprooted everything and moved to hong kong so you can imagine like the 2010 or 2011 stacy had no connections in hong kong Okay, um, no, no base. I didn't go to school here. I don't have connections here. And I just had to start by myself for myself. And the closest thing that I could reach to was tutoring because it was so interesting. Like I've always tutored my brother and sister, helping them for their high school or their, you know, exams. And me and my sister, Vic, we're always helping each other because um, I have five brothers and sisters. So we're just helping out in school projects and we're good at it. And what happened was when I came to Hong Kong in 2010, I, because I trained in business, I have two, two degrees, one management degree and one accounting and finance degree. But when it came to the job market, somehow I wasn't able to get a finance or you know, a business uh, investment or actually any business job, it wasn't available to me at that time. And so I fell upon teaching economics and business studies and also mm -hmm. SAT, academic coaching prep. So that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And I started off with, I was thinking about how to share my story, but I started off as a tutor in a center and it was quite good. The, the the thing about being a private tutor, especially in Asia, I think we get paid really, really well. Um, and for me, I found out that teaching was very natural. And I love teaching business. And I love teaching economics. And what happened was, the story goes, is that I had, on December 10, 2011, I had to schedule a day to scatter my dad's ashes in the, near, in the Victoria Harbor. And when I asked for leave, like I, I wrote a letter to the boss and I said to him, I'm so sorry, can I ask for a day off because I have to scatter my dad's ashes? The, the guy yelled at me. Oh. 
he was like, he's like, why do, why do, why does my company have to suffer for your personal, you know, circumstance? And that's when I knew I was like, you know what? I think I can really just do this on my own. So I've been doing private tuition ever since then. And Mm -hmm. uh, my story so far, but, and all this time I've been a private tutor. um, I've realized like how much I love teaching. And I realized the struggle of private tutors or teachers in general, we have so much content, but we don't know how to, or we haven't yet digitalized, or we don't have the business sense to how to leverage our skills and how to scale up our skills. And that's what I'm really excited to bring to the board in 2020. So that's where I am right now. Mm, Yeah, well, I guess, you know, I, I, I totally relate to what you just said. Because the current uh, COVID pandemic situation kind of like forces everybody to look at online as a media to, yeah. to deliver their, their courses and their business. Yeah, I mean, this is quite an amazing story. Um, you know, and from what I remember that you, you, are, you actually work with youth, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, about that. So I naturally, because I teach high school students, so I teach... Mm-hmm high school students who are doing their O-levels. I think it's the same thing in Singapore. Like you have mm-hmm. O-levels and A-levels, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yes. So we have IGCEs, GC. So it just means in casual terms, grade 11, grade 12, grade 13 students. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that I, I really in my heart when I teach them and I work with them, I feel like, you know what? We have to really nurture them because mm-hmm. as cliche as it sounds, we, this saying is very popular because in my interesting point of view, it's very true. The youth really are the leaders of our future, if not today and our future. And when we neglect them, or if we don't nurture them in the right way, then our mm-hmm. future really goes to like, <laughs> our future goes a totally different way. And I feel that one of the things that I feel passionate about being a woman entrepreneur, um, I have a story to share with you. Is like my father was always someone who really made me dream big. And we always, he'd be driving his car and he's like, you know, you have to dream big and aim high. This is something I've been totally indoctrinated into my DNA. And I remember when I was eight years old, he told me like, you know, one day you could be the prime minister of Canada, which I don't think I can because, I mean, it's not something I want to do right now. But at that moment, he told me. But my eight-year-old self kind of thought about it and it felt exciting. But at the same time as a young girl, I don't think I really wanted to do it because when I thought about all the stereotypes or all the role models of who's having success and who's having power at that Mm. time, it was very, like, male. And it was very, like, it's not a bad thing, but it's just something I didn't want for myself. I still want to be as a, like, I want to be a mom. I want to like wear dresses. <laughs> like I, I want to be like, I still want to be girly, but I still want to, I think it would be awesome to run a business as well. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I feel especially passionate about young girl empowerment is like, we could just be, or teaching the girls, um, we can be, who we are and bring that to the table and still be successful. Like we don't need to like cut our hair short and wear pantsuits and be angry all the time to be a successful 
uh, businesswomen. There are some businesswomen like that and like God bless them and they're doing well, but that's not something that I would want to do. I just want to kind of share with women and, you know, young girls that they could just be themselves and achieve mm. what they want. That's what I feel really passionate about. Yeah. Well, I, I can hear the passion in your voice, definitely. So what, yeah. what, what are the common misconceptions, you know, surrounding what you do? Okay, what I do as a teacher, I think it's really interesting because um, I'm a teacher, but I always hang out in business circles, just maybe because it's the Rotary or all my friends are business people. So it's just like, I remember my best friend, Anna, her, her husband had like this IT company and then I was they had like a social function and then I introduced myself and they're like, Oh, what do you like, Stacy, what do you do? And I was like, Oh, I'm a teacher. And the moment you say like, Oh, I'm a teacher. Then people are like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Anna, she was, Anna's like one of my best friends from grade seven. And she was like, no, actually Stacy's an entrepreneur. And she does a lot of things. And I think one of the common misconceptions, it's not only about teaching, but it's like when we ask people what they do, mm. it's like just box them in. Like, this is what teachers do. And you, you guys must be the people who grade papers. And you, it's so, it just boxes people in. So some, so I usually avoid this question. I'm just more like, okay, what are you passionate about? Or, or what interests you? And the other common misconception I have is I feel like, people think that we have to be like stronger and harder and mm -hmm. that being a woman in business we don't know or not many people know how to be still that feminine kindness but being firm as well yeah so it's like i'm very kind and friendly but at the same time i'm very straight mm -hmm. and it's like it's not Sometimes the the nice kindness side of being a, a woman, we're not willing to be that bitchy side, but it's not really bitchy. It's just about being straight and being like what's right and what's wrong and what works for me and what doesn't work for me and having that um, preciseness to it. So those mm. are the exceptions that I face. I face the stereotype of if I tell people I'm a teacher, which I've embraced a lot recently because I do teach. I teach. I also teach business courses to women. And I just feel like I embody what it is to be a teacher. I love educating people. I love empowering people. And for me, my skill is I take this complicated concept and I'm able to like very quickly connect with someone and very quickly be able to transfer the you know the thought the opinion or the lesson for them customized yeah. Mm. yeah yeah so how how do you overcome that you know when people just give you the look like oh you're a teacher hmm okay how do you, how do you usually <laughs> i i kind of i've been embracing it recently because you know they're they're they it's okay too because most of the times if I have to meet someone in a business setting, then I have my business hat on. And I think it's okay to wear different masks and different outfits at different times. So for example, if I have to be like teacher mode, I'm more like down to earth and they're like just more casual. But if I have like business meeting mode, um, I'm very blessed that my dad gave me like 
I have the Louis Vuitton bag. I, I have like the, what's it called? Um, like I have my Rolex watch. Like I can, if I have to game on, I can game on. So it's different. And I think that sometimes, sometimes it's very easy to be discouraged by people's judgments. Mm. But the thing yeah. is, if we're aware of someone's judgments, then we can, at least the awareness can help us and we can see how we can use those judgments to help us versus resist the judgments. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so just to share, like there was this one time I was blonde and it was like the best time of my life. I just love being blonde and I loved being blonde from this fact that like I felt empowered. I would look in the mirror and just tell myself like, wow, this is really me. Like it was amazing. But the thing is what happened was two things. I was coming up to be the president of my Rotary Club. Mm -hmm. that was fine. The second thing is that I had a chance to meet the, mar the managing director of this um, direct TV company in Singapore with the potential of selling back my family product, which is a hair product, right? Mm -hmm. And when I knew that my meeting with the managing director was in two weeks, I right away went to the hair salon and dyed my hair brown. Mm. Because it's not about me. It's because sometimes people say like, well, me's me. I want to be my true self. I want to be that mm. blonde. But the thing is, I'm aware of people's judgments and I'm aware of people's misconceptions. And I think it's kind of foolish to say like, I know she's going to judge me as reckless. I know she might judge me as like, just like a bit quirky, but I don't care what she, she judges me as. Instead, for me, if I know what she's going to misconceive me as, I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to work with that in order to like get a step up. Yeah. So that's how I deal with misconceptions. Right. So uh, we have a few comments from the audience. We have Sunny saying that I remember you were blonde. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see you in blonde. Yeah, I was blonde once as well. It was it was actually quite empowering, surprisingly. And um. Yeah, PP Sunny, he is a past president of the Rotary Club of the Hub Hong Kong, and he's really my good friend. And it was a time when I remember going to all these Rotary events, we were like, Stacey, like, what's up with your hair? And like, <laughs> like what are you doing with your life? <laughs> and like, I understand it. And I understand there's all this judgment of like, what's this wild child doing? And the thing is, Instead of resisting it, instead of trying to defend it, I'm just going with understanding where they're coming from and mm -hmm. then kind of asking myself, am I willing to change the color of my hair in order to, or sorry, am I willing to keep to my hair at the expense of losing some opportunities ahead? And I decided mm -hmm. my hair wasn't as, my hair color was not as important as the opportunities that lay ahead of me. Yeah, true, yes. true. I totally can relate with that. And we also have another comment from Tony. Tony said, I'm not a woman, but I always support. It's like he's always supporting women. Thank you, Tony, for that. Yes, we really do need a lot of support from, from, from men. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate to you. So you were saying? No, mm -hmm. I just wanted to say before, sorry to cut you off, Carol, but I have, like, I, my whole movement is empowered women. The really funny thing is, I have like an army of men who <laughs> support me. Like, 
I am just surrounded by so many angels and they really do happen to be predominantly men. So yes, men continue supporting women. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah we, we could really do the support. Yeah. And you were yeah. saying no, I would just say, you know, you, you actually touch on uh, quite a few things that I care about as well. I mean, uh, as, as a visual marketer, you know, from yeah. an image and branding perspective for entrepreneurs, you know, it's unfortunate that we, we have to look a specific way in order to, 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 to gain the like and the trust factor. When this, this is just you know, part and parcel of doing business and part and parcel of living as well. And I can totally relate with you and, you know, the kind of like visual impact you're going to have. You walk into a room. You know, you have your game face on and then you're blonde. It's like, you know, the blondes is, when, 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 you're, when your hair is blonde, you know, you don't have this intention, this idea that blondes always have more fun. So, you know, the credibility is that, you know, are you, are you more fun or can I trust you in order Correct. to be a business partner, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, of course, it's like to some people, you know, who are creative and they say, no, oh, you're being a seller. You know, why can't I, I be, be who I am? You know, this is, this is me, you know, blonde hair or not. I mean, I can, I can color my hair whatever I want. I don't want to, I don't want to conform to uh, the societal norms or, or conception of how a woman or a businesswoman should look like. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we live in such a visual world. And then, you know, in, within three seconds, really, within three seconds, people form an opinion of you in terms of the way how you carry yourself and what you put on on your body, including your hair, which is your crowning glory. So this is something that I do advocate uh, for my clients when it comes to branding. They have to, um, they have to be their walking brand. Yeah. So you really touch on the raw nerve that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and now uh, why do you think it's important for, for women to be, to be enterprising? Oh my goodness. Women have <laughs> been enterprising since forever. It's okay. What I teach you about in enterprise, enterprise is a word in business where you coordinate the factors of production. So we have land, labor, and capital. Okay, so these are economic terms, these are our factors of production. And mm -hmm. enterprise is coordinating the three while taking a risk to get a profit. The thing is, women are amazing coordinators. We are, I mean, I think part of me to say, like, I'm more of an equalitist. Um, how do you say this? I think, yes, I, I just. I can't think of the word right now, but it's more like I believe in equality. I'm not, a, I'm actually not a feminist. I'm more just equality and I'm more about just like we can be ourselves and win, which also applies yeah. to men. Just that um, it's my marketing message is more for women because I talk about more girly things. But of course, like people like Tony, he can listen to, <laughs> right? So I think women we are so good at coordinating we are amazing uh, we're driven we're really passionate and i was thinking about today the things that i'd like to share with you in this on your amazing talk show carol and my experience is for example i love my father so much i do everything and i pour so much energy and i uplift my father and his business mm. And I think women, a lot of us, or I hope a lot of us in a way, the way that we show our love for our man is that we like uplift and help his business. I think you understand where I'm talking about because yeah. you're similar to mine, right? So, and when I love a man, I also help his business up. So 
I think we have it in ourselves. Like we're so good at building businesses and we're so good at supporting and, and being very resourceful. But the question is, when will we do it for ourselves? Yeah. Yes. High five to that, sister. <laughs> I did it. I I built this. I mean, I was helping um, my partner with his language business for like, geez, damn, like five years. And then, you know, when the partnership ends, it's just I have to walk away with nothing. Yeah. And then start from scratch again. And then I told myself, next business, next time up, I'm going to build something for myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I really think that. Um, women we're a lot more capable than we give ourselves credit for and yeah. we live it's like in our program sometimes we like we live for other people we're so selfless and we have all this like selfless energy and i'm just yeah. asking for 10 percent of what we give to someone else if we just took 10 percent and put it for ourselves we could like conquer the world yeah indeed indeed Yes. Oh, I totally agree with you. So, you know, for the audience who are watching uh, us tonight, you know, if you have a question for, for Stacey, do feel free to put in on the comments uh, box below and then she will be able to actually answer your question. We'll go through all the questions and try to answer the question at, by the end of the show. And uh, so while, while you're preparing your questions, I'm going to start asking away, right? Hey. So, um, so Stacey, you know, one of the, the, the most common um. I would say reason for, for, for women who, who, don't, who, who are not looking to starting their own business is because you're afraid they're unable to have a, a balanced work and life, right? So how, how, how do you balance your work and life? Okay, so I, I happen to be single. So I don't necessarily have this work-family balance um, issue at the moment, okay? Um, if I answer as this, I'm going to answer in two ways, answer as a mom and answer as a, a single lady. As a single lady, I'm going to say that I fully believe that there's no such thing as balance. That when you do something, you just go hard. You don't eat. He's like, you don't eat. You don't sleep. You're like, ah. like for me, like I've taught 10 hours today. I, I was teaching for 10 hours and I came home and I'm like, I'm here with you online. Um, right now, I'm juggling three different projects. I'm doing my teaching. I have a full-time teaching job. I have my part-time teaching job. I'm working on my book, and I started. Uh, I, I started. I'm starting my investment journey, which I'd like to tell you more about. And it's just like there is no balance. I I really feel like people who say that there's a balance, they don't understand what it takes to win. What mm. it takes. And it's like, you just got to go hard and accept that there's not going to be a balance. Okay. And one of the things you, we have to do is we just communicate. We just communicate that, you know what, I'm going to have to focus on this for a certain period of time. And then I just need your support. I might not be calling you a lot or I, I might not be like exercising as much. I'm the pure example. If I, if I'm on my exercise, I'm like, I'm doing like this three months where I do two two hours of workout a day. I'm like in dragon boating. I'm, I'm my personality. I'm a very intense person basically. So I always just 
my intensity is really high. So if I'm not, if I'm going to work on my business and um, we have a mutual friend, Andrew, he and I have this 5 a.m. exercise club. Okay, so um, when we're on, we're on. And then I told Andrew, you know, Andrew, first of all, my back shot. I can't really exercise. And I really want to focus on my businesses right now. And I have to knock it out. So I think mm -hmm. it's about prioritizing yeah. and, and how to get it. But is there a balance? I don't know. And I don't think there is. At the same time, to answer you as a mom, because God blessed me with this wonderful opportunity to be a foster mom for five months. Mm -hmm. And it's like being a mom and actually being a wife and having my own family, having children uh, is my deepest wish in my heart. And it just happened to fall in my lap in January earlier this year. And because yeah. of COVID-19, I was able to extend how long these children were staying with me. And I'll tell you that when I was with them, I fully understood the struggles of a working mom. Mm -hmm. Because you want to be 100% with your kids, but you also know that you have to work. Mm. So part of me during that time, I just told myself, okay, you know what, Stace, you're just going to have to not work on any side projects. So when they, when I was with them, I didn't do any side projects for five months. And I just focused on my regular income from teaching. And also God blessed us that I had, I got to teach online. So I didn't mm -hmm. have to leave my house. So the kids would be in one room and I'd be in my room. And the other thing is like, when I really did need to work. So I did have some days where it's like six hours teaching a day. And I did feel a little bit bad of not giving them enough attention. But the mm -hmm. thing is children understand. And I think if you just have this really strong communication with your family and children, you can let them know. So what I did, for example, I had to teach for two hours. And I was just like, look, I can't be with you for two hours, but how about you watch two hours of Glee? <laughs> like this tv show that they like could all be like or like for two hours how about you guys watch a movie and then they're like yeah and then they're just they're so happy to watch a movie they're so happy for me to be teaching so that they can have their personal play time so i was able to like work and create work as a single mom with them and them knowing that I love them, them knowing that I'm there for them, but just that I had to have my work mode. So that was my experience as a mom. And so as a mom, I would say, I fully understand why sometimes we want to prioritize our children versus, mm. I dare say a career, because it really is important how much we nurture them and we love them. And at the same time, I feel like there's ways that we can communicate with our family to yeah. to make them know that it's okay and that you're still there and they have that security and as a single woman i'd say like there's no balance at all you just have to really go hard <laughs> so it's like <laughs> really interesting so you know what what were the struggles what, what were you what did you have to go through in order to to be where you are today um i think one of the struggles okay speaking as a teacher Speaking mm -hmm. as a teacher, actually, teachers are wonderful vaults of information. <laughs> okay, we have 
so much information. We have so many case studies. We have so much passion, but we don't really know how to how to incorporate business. Mm. And I think that I learned about leveraging and I learned about scaling, which is like right now as a private tutor, uh, even though I'm making very good income right now, in my interesting point of view, um, because my, my rate is like 150 US dollars an hour. So I'm really blessed like that. And at the same time, when I work, I like I have to work in order to have this cash exchange. Mm -hmm. And this is um, something that I'm really passionate about and exploring of how to help people take their hourly skill that they have and digitalize it into a course mm. and digitalize it to put some online content so that we can build a business so that when you're sleeping, people are listening to your class as well. So this is one of the struggles I have as a teacher of how to get my work physically down and physically and, and like on online uploaded and course con content. And this is a journey that I'm sharing with everybody who's following me on She Means Business. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, we do have a question uh, from Sunny and then Sunny was saying, um, how did you come about being a foster mom? And I'm actually quite interested to know as oh. well. How old were they? Okay, so uh, thank you, Sunny, for your question. Um, what happened was that I am very, uh, one of the things as the community service director of our Rotary Club is that if I investigate, I don't want to say the word investigate, but I'm always seeking organizations to support. But the, the nature of our particular <laughs> Rotary Club, I would say, I love it so much. But if I'm going to put to the board a community service project, I really have to do my due diligence that this is a legitimate organization. And so what I usually do is I, I get to know an organization personally for around six months. Mm -hmm. So there's this wonderful organization in Hong Kong. Check it out. They're called... Their Facebook page is called Mission Bridge Connecting Lives, it's, but the charity is called Ultimate United. And what they do, one of the projects that they do is on every Friday night, not now because of COVID-19, but every Friday night, they gather in the Saigon Street Playground Park and they do street ministry for children. Oh, and they've been doing this for eight, for nine years already. Okay, so they really take care of 400 street kids in the Yaochimong district. And I wonder, I don't even know what's the equivalent of Yaochimong district in Singapore. I'm so sorry, Carol. But it's, it's more of, a, it's a very urbanized area. Mm -hmm. If that's how I describe it, it's very urbanized. Um, and at the same time, there's a very, there's a bit of a dark side of Yao Qimong area is that while you're walking towards the park, mm -hmm. while the kids are walking towards the park, there are prostitutes on the street. There are shops with sex toys and there are, there may be people peddling drugs on the street towards the park. So this is wow. the environment that these kids are in. And what had happened where there were these four um, children in the same family, sorry, like four siblings, 
-hmm. And due to family situation, they lived in a group home in Hong Kong. And what happened, it just so happened that I was able to let them have their home stay at my home during Chinese New Year so that they wouldn't have to spend Chinese New Year celebrations in the group home. Mm. Wow. So we did this for 10 days. But again, it was like amazing because God bless us that we had this extreme lockdown and kids haven't in Hong Kong, kids haven't been going to school since February 5th or actually before that, like January 19th. So every time the government said, no, it's not time to go back to school, then they didn't have to go back to the foster home. Mm. So they got to stay with me. Wow. And it just extended, extended, extended. And the very good news is, uh, is that the, their, their family was able to reunite and now they're living with their family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I really, I, I was able to, because I'm a single woman, actually, technically I cannot be an official government foster parent and I cannot get um, the foster parent monetary support. Mm -hmm. So this arrangement was more so like a family, the woman whose children were in the foster care, uh, sorry, in the orphanage group home, she gave me permission to look after them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was a really rewarding experience and it gave me perspective of like, I can't say, Carol, I know you have two beautiful children and you're so blessed. You've had them for like nine years and more. And I just, I've had those kids for five months. I can't imagine how wonderful it is to be a parent and, and also the interesting journey of parenthood. I'm sure you will make an amazing, amazing mom. Yeah, it's super fun. I think parenting yeah. is fun. I think like we can write books about parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that that's gonna be like a, a third book project then, you know, about parenting. Yeah. About parenting plus education. What are you saying? Like how not to go crazy being a mom. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we don't definitely need that <laughs> yeah yeah okay well we, we seem to have a you know a quite shy audience tonight okay we no? have we have viewers yeah no no questions but then you know I'll, then that means I have, I have more chances to ask you questions so that I can learn more from you um mm -hmm. from from for women who are looking to start a business you know and because you are an experienced entrepreneur so what would your advice be for them to get started Okay, so I think it's awesome that we have this fire in our heart to be an entrepreneur. And I would even take it a step back and demystify it. It's not, it's like, would you just like to do your own thing and earn money for yourself and live life on your own terms that you're passionate to do? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying quit your job at all all I, I even have a full-time job and i'm pursuing my entrepreneurial pursuits in the meantime right mm -hmm. but it's about this invitation that it would be fun to run a business and yeah. so on that note i think the area or the industry or the goods and services that we choose like choose something that's 
first that's really natural like you don't feel like you have to stretch for um i'll say something about that after and also choose something that it's like it doesn't feel like work yeah so for me like teaching i i always shocked that i get paid so well to do something that i'm just i'm just myself like i don't necessarily do anything extra i just I just show up and I'm just 100% myself. I'm 100% authentic. And I created a, a, a self-employed business from that. Mm -hmm. And even before I was doing coaching, I also felt like it was something very natural for me to do because I naturally care for people. Um, I naturally want to just do this. And re very recently, ever since I put it, I, I said a prayer and I had this like deep intention in my heart that I want to help women who want to start a business but don't know how to don't know anything about business just since then my really wonderful close friends like my best friend from university andrea i had a conversation with her and she was saying that she was looking into being a children's author book mm -hmm. author and she's talking about business and she's never done business before and then donna she is a she's very good at baking and again, she's never done business before, so we're talking about it too. And it's just about following your passion, I think. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to just do something for money. It would be, it would really suck. I think, and I think that the intention to provide for our families is there and it's really wonderful. But I'd like to add this, Carol, is that sometimes we need financial awareness of how much mm. money we really really need to make or really really want to contribute to support ourselves and our family and when you have that figure and that clarity then you know it helps you frame what you want to do and how yeah. much effort you want to go for um i also would advise women um, who are interested to start their business is to just research and just look and comb through the web and read magazines and talk to more people and just see what are other people doing and see if that's something that excites you yeah what, what i can't emphasize it enough of doing something just for the sake of money or just for the sake of just something that's not following your heart it feels very tiring. I don't know if you've had this experience, Carol. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, like when I first started out my business, I just thought, you know, I, I want, I want to make enough money in order to cover my expenses. And having, you know, left my corporate job, and saying, I want to make as much as, or if not more, from from my last salary. And then somehow along the way, um, I realized that, you know, this is an opportunity for me to actually leave my 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 purpose. Yes. And then that just just, just switched. And yeah. then I, I began to to enjoy doing what I do. And so and when when you mentioned about you know how you feel so passionate passionate about about coaching, about teaching somebody because you have so much information to give, I felt the same way. Yeah. yeah. So you know I'm in fact I can I can feel very strongly from you that you came from a place um, with actually very, very giving. You know, they come you came from a place of love. And that's that's what makes you so awesome. No, thank you, thank you. Um, I would also want to add for women, it's important to have mentors, and I have a st mm. little story to share with you, if yeah. I may. Yes, please. Um, 
my one of my favorite shows is this show called Shark Tank and Dragon Den. I don't know if you see it. It's like like these like five entrepreneurs are like sitting on the chair and then someone yeah, comes Kevin in. Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah, yeah, and they come in and they do like a business pitch and then you're just like, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I love that show so much. I tell my students to watch it. And in my heart, I really want to be like a business angel venture capitalist like this. And I really want to just listen to people and give them money to make their dreams happen and also have a share and support them to build their dreams. And so I was talking to my uncle Toby. So my uncle Toby is one of my mentors. I have, they say like a successful person has seven mentors seven wow. so i have more than seven so i'm uh, like I've, I've done really well with that and i think that's what made a really big difference that even though i'm teaching and people can box me in as a teacher i never box myself mm. i just told myself you know this is what i'm doing for for the income and i love to do it and then it doesn't take so much mental energy from me so that Let's say I teach for six hours and then I have 18 other hours to make money and do other businesses. That's what I've been doing all these years. So Uncle Toby says, Stacy, really, what do you want to do in 10 years from now? And I said, okay, Uncle Toby, there's a, there's a show called Shark Tank. And like, I really want to do this. And he laughed at me. Oh, but he loves me. So he just laughed at me and he's like, oh my God, you silly girl. He's like, how do you expect to do this with 10, you know, you've just been teaching. And it, it, was, it was such a brutal but wonderful loving truth that he said to me. And he's told me that last year. Mm -hmm. It kind of like put a seed in my heart. And I said to myself, I really want to get back into this business world that I, it's like from 14 until the time I was like 27, I've always been in business. Then when my daddy went to heaven, I had to, like the fastest thing that I could touch was teaching and I did it. And it, it it's very good income as a private tutor in Hong Kong. And I just, that's also the trap too of the comfort and the income that mm -hmm. I don't step out. And so um, what happened recently is like I, with my foster kids, I watched the movie Pursuit of Happiness. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about yeah, him mm -hmm. and he decides to change his life by becoming an, an kind of a stockbroker investment consultant. Yeah. So then I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> so I studied and I passed the test. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I found a, asset come asset management company and i've been going through training and i'm getting my i'm getting my license in the next three weeks well that's amazing okay you have to tell me a more about this offline and i have an amazing mentor and he's actually quite patient because i teach 10 hours a day so i don't even know like ah like when i can do this investment consultant um field but the thing is i am because I have a mentor right away, he's like, Stacy, you're going to be this industry. You're going to read these books. And like, <laughs> I have these books to read. And like, I have these three thick books to read. And what happens is I read like around two business reports every day. Mm -hmm. And I have to train myself to be that 
amazing person in 10 years that I want to be. So that's my next jump. And I want to give credit to my really good friend, Yogesh Kapoor. He's like one of the best speakers in the world for Toastmasters. And he has a public speaking company in Jakarta. And he called me yesterday and he's like, Stacey, like, what are you world class in? Mm -hmm. That is a really good question because that's a, that's a leading question to what business we want to pursue. Like, Stacey, what are you world-class in? And my answer to him was teaching. And so now I'm really going to lock myself in my room the next 10 days and really come out with like some product for training the trainers and training the teachers. And at the same time, his question inspired me a further question of, well, what do you want to be world-class in? Mm. And for me, I really, my next jump is I really want to be world-class in investments. And so on that note, I'm not world-class in that yet, but I have to dedicate that time, that effort and go all in and to be that superstar in it. And I think that for women, it's sometimes it's about where, what you're passionate about and what you can do right now. But at the same time, if there's any women out there who have something that feels interesting to them, mm -hmm. they feel like it would be cool to do, but they don't have that skill set yet. Don't let that stop us. Just, just learn the skill set. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You couldn't say any better. Yes. And I think that's also probably the reason why the name of the business is called She Means Business, because you really do mean business. So, you know, for, for the audience who are watching today, you can actually follow uh, Stacey's business in, on Instagram, She Means Business. So this is the link below, instagram.com slash she, uh, full stop means full stop business. Right. I have and you can credit to my sister. She's my little sister. Her name is Isabel Ho. And um really interesting is like my whole life i think my superpower the thing i want to say today is my superpower is that i'm very blessed like god has really blessed my life so much and like i just kind of have to feel what i want and i kind of stretch my arm a little bit and it's like all these resources are to me and it's so ridiculous how in the roof of my home i have a social media uh, consultant living with me. Wow. And she charges companies over 10,000 US dollars a month to do their social media marketing and their like how to gain influencers and blah, 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 blah. And um, my sister now is working with me. She helped me come up with the idea of She Means Business. She's helping me digitalize my products. She's actually such a hardcore She's so intense. Like, you think I'm intense. My sister's intense. And she has me on a schedule of the videos I have to make because she's dedicated to help me get to 100,000 subscribers in a year. So this she means business. Like, I mean business, but my sister really means business. And <laughs> we're, like, building this together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and uh, for those who are watching, like to get connected with Stacy, you can connect with Stacy on Instagram. That's the Instagram handle, Instagram.com/slash Stacy underscore whole. 
Yay! Wow. Yay! Thank you so much for sharing, Stacey. I have one last question for you. Um, you know, the, the name of the show is Rise with Carol Walker. So what does the word rise, R-I-S-E, means to you? Uh, I love it because, first of all, I want to tell everyone on this uh, show that Carol is uberly professional with this and she and she sent me like interview questions uh she's very pro and thank you so much carol for having me on your show and carol and i both have this book she's chapter nine is it are you chapter uh, 15? i think 15 i'm 15, you 15 I'm <laughs> and her her chapter is called rise from ashes is that correct yeah yeah. And when I was thinking about this, because it was one of the interview questions, I think about the word resilience. And resilience is the ability to get up when you've been knocked down. Mm -hmm. And that's what rise means to me. I cry a lot. Like if when I cry, I cry a lot. And I remember my struggles is, you know what I hate? I hate the moment, not when I fall down. I'm okay with that, actually. I'm okay with falling down. But I hate the moment where I've fallen down and I know I have to get up and I'm now, like, at this, like, plank pose. Do you know, like, mm -hmm. when you're like, yeah. at a plank pose and I'm holding it and that's the hardest part for me because I know that I will rise, but I feel like it's going to take me so much to get up. Resilience is your ability to get up. And what I've come to realize in the past uh, two years is that if I feel like resilience is on my own, it is very hard. Rising is very hard when you feel like you're on your own. But to, to, tell, to really put in some spiritual tones, which I firmly believe in, rise is actually natural and it is actually, um, it's actually so supportive when, when you know that God is with you, then you just rise. And Carol, my, my chapter in the book is called You Got This. But my recent, I really want to talk to, you know, Johnny Wimbry and, and talk to the editors. They're going to kill me. But I kind of want to change the the title it's not about you got this because that's what makes it heavy it's that god's got this and if god's got this then i'm okay so i think the rise is when you know that like whatever happens you can get up and you can mm. get it as that you have god's support with you yeah and yeah. i absolutely love what you just said because yeah. um after after you know backsliding for a long time and then i finally found found God again and he has been instrumental in in my journey so far and you know for those who are actually watching you know I, I don't I don't mean to be religious at the moment but the thing is you, you need to find an anchor and yes. you know with, uh, whoever that you who, who whoever you believe you know whatever religion you are you know find an anchor I mean that's actually very very important in order to to push you through that journey in life yes 100 percent so much Thank yeah. you, Stacey. You shared so much and I learned so much from you today. Thank and you for so those much. Uh, audience, yeah, for the audience who have uh, been spending the last 54 minutes watching us, I sincerely thank you for hanging out with us, you know, and I'm sure that you have learned so much from Stacey tonight, as much or if not more.
and I have. So this is Rise with Carol Gawker. Next week, come back again, same time, 10 o'clock on Thursday, and we'll have another amazing guest who will be here sharing her journey. Yay! Thank you so much, everybody. We'll Carol, see God you. Bless you. God bless everybody watching. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on Rise to Life. If you want to know more about my coaching programs and workshops, come visit me over at thefundergroup.com. That's www.thewandelgroup.com. Be sure to subscribe to my email list on the website to download the free ebook on how to create 28 outfits with 9 basic pieces of clothing. Do follow and subscribe to Rise to Life. Remember, don't let the lie of inadequacy fool you. I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. Sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon.